Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder podcast. Episode 13. Three. They say Three. The third one, the third time's a charm. That's, uh, I don't know. I feel like they're getting better and better. And yes. We're getting Hopefully. better and better topics too. All right. Today, we're talking about why you're not making progress. Why you're not making progress in the gym. Like, what's, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Then we're going to talk about the marijuana, marijuana, marijay, marijuana, as a PED, as a performance, performance enhancing drug. Enhancing yeah. drugs. We, we may you? or may not open up some minds and potentially change some opinions on this today. Well, mine was changed, so hopefully. <laughs> uh, and uh, lastly, we are going to dive into uh, gym attire. Gym attire fails. Do's what to? Yep. What not? But at the end of the day, you do what you want. A couple so. uh, good personal stories that we have on that too, right? Very traumatizing. Okay, cool. So let's get into this one, Cam. This is uh, honestly, if you're out there and you're listening and you're an athlete or a coach, this is a really valuable conversation we're going to have. Um, diving into why you're not making progress with your your program or maybe why your athletes aren't making progress with the yes. program. And a lot of the things that we're going to talk about are just observations we've made from watching a lot of the really biggest good... one coming, especially I think coming from cross. Totally I'm sorry. Okay, I wanted continue. to get into it. I just wanted to get into it, you know, because we try to keep the, okay. But my point is we're going <laughs> to, We're going to tell you some things that we've observed from some phenomenal high-level athletes that have been doing this for a very long time and the differences we see in the way that they train versus the way a lot of the, the layman's train. Yes. And I 100% made those mistakes. Yep. Absolutely. Like I, yes. Like I wish I could go back. So first thing first that we see a lot is that people know how to go hard. But the problem is that they might not be going smart. Yeah. You know, you've heard the, 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 the catch line like, oh, train smarter, not harder. Well, I actually think that's incorrect too. It's mm -hmm. train smarter and harder. Yes. By training smarter, Together. you'll be able to train mm -hmm. harder, but they're really interconnected. Yes. Because if you don't go hard, there's no adaptation. Yep. And that's like one of the, the problems that you see with people is that they keep showing up to the gym And always lift the same load. Yeah, always go at the same like easy-ish intensity where it just always feels good. Or the same movement. Or the same movement. Or the same way. Yeah. Right? Um, and like I, I think for a lot of people, it's understanding mm -hmm. that, you know, as you become a smarter athlete, you become more efficient. And what you're trying to do is lay down a period of training where you can accumulate as many high value repetition mm -hmm. repetitions as you can in a given training period yeah. and over a long time. Yes. So why are people unable to do that? And um, let's talk a little bit also as to like, what is a high yeah, value I was gonna repetition? Say, Cause let, that's kind of a, a catchphrase, yeah. right? Yeah. There's like such a difference between like just training And having this like insane curiosity into what's happening in your body 
and try to do literally everything you do it like on purpose with purpose. Yeah. And then like veteran athletes, they come into the gym. And one of the things that I'm always kind of taken aback by is that they make everything look so easy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm surprised that like somebody who's like, wow, they're, they're really not lifting heavy weights. Now they always do eventually get to something that's really impressive, yeah. but they don't go in the gym and just start like humping a barbell. Oh, high level athlete. One thing that they all have in common, undeniably, they move well. They move like athletes. They're really like meaningful, purposeful repetition. Yes. So let's get into this term like high value repetition yes. and talk a little bit about what it means. And let's, I think you guys are probably guessing like, oh, a high value repetition is probably one that's mechanically sound. But what does mechanically sound even mean? It, you move with the integrity of the movement in mind. Okay. So like maybe looking at things like um, putting yourself in like mechanically advantageous yes. positions that's going to allow you to maybe move a lot of mm -hmm. weight um, or orthopedically safe yep. positions that's not going to expose joints in a way that they're really not to be mm -hmm. meant to be loaded crazy, crazy heavy. But, you know, even beyond that, it's, it's not just about the positions that you're moving through, but it's about the way that you're lifting the weight. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I observe from a lot of athletes that are in specifically interested in putting on muscle and gaining yep. size is that they're lifting weights incorrectly because yes. they're losing a lot of the value in the movement by just going way too fast. Yes, going way too fast and focusing too much on the wrong variables. And that for me, like going from like CrossFit to now, like, I just want to be healthy for life. Right. And I want to look amazing. I want to be athletic, but there's no more like performance at all costs. And what I've noticed by slowing things down is that you can really, um, feel your muscle. So let's say I'm a, I'm a guy and I come in the gym and I know I got a 300 pound bench press. So yes. that day, of course, I'm going to come in and want to put 300 pounds yeah. on the bar. But if you tell me, Hey, instead of just trying to lift as much weight as you possibly can here, let's maybe increase the repetition range and slow the movement down mm -hmm. so that maybe you're getting better peak muscle tension or extended uh, time under tension yes. to allow your muscles to have the right type of stress and to grow. increase your mind muscle connection. So now when you go back to try to hit that 300, you're so much more aware of what you're doing with so much more purpose in better position. So now we dig back into that orthopedic safety and that mechanical advantage, which will lead to fitter, stronger with the longer life period because you will not get injured. Now, beyond the um, like the, the mechanical piece of it is like, what kind of positions are you holding? Mm -hmm. How are you lifting the weight? There also is the piece of intensity. Yes. So that plays into a high value repetition too, because you can't just put no weight on the bar and say, oh, I'm moving mm -hmm. perfectly. But in order to get a response, you have to have one or two sets in every given exercise yes. where you're actually kind of flirting with failure. Yes. Maybe the technique is about to break down. Yep. It's not ugly yet, but it's about to. It gets shaky, shaky. It gets right shaky. before it gets ugly. We're good. Not every rep can be shaky, no. shaky like that, right? Well, it, the, the right, the risk reward, and this is where you learn how to train smarter. Is how can I introduce overload in the movement that isn't necessarily going for that ugly one rep max? How can maybe I add tension at different part of the movement? Maybe I can have someone like press against me. So it's like a load I couldn't do, 
but in a safer environment than doing like those huge lifts. And that's something we talk about a lot is like the idea of redefining intensity beyond yes. just speed or load. Because listen, speed or load are great. They're great for athletic performance. But to be honest with you, they're also closely related to injury. Yes. Because almost all the time when we see somebody who messed themselves up, yep. it was speed or load was present. It yes. was either way too fast or way too heavy. Um, and that's the straw that breaks the camel yeah. back. So we talk a lot about ways that we can redefine intensity, not in just trying to make a heavyweight feel light, but finding ways to make a lightweight feel really, really hard. Yes. And that's a great way to kind of circumnavigate those important players. Mm -hmm. Like you do need to lift heavy, yep. but it doesn't need to be all the time. And it's really a dangerous game. It's like Russian roulette, especially yes. as you get older. Oh my God. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and then finally, like another piece I think people miss is the idea of like variance. Yeah, that's um, exactly what I wanted us to, to start digging in. So let's say I'm in there and I'm doing my deadlifts and my back squats and my bench press. Var and variance is one of those um, throw everywhere word. It's can, a great program. There's variance. Yeah, but you can either go way too yes. much or not enough. Yes. So, like, one of the things we, we talk about with people is like, honestly, the smallest amount of variance when it comes to like a movement, like let's say instead of the regular pull up, we're doing them strict now, or yes. instead of the regular grip on a pull up, we go to a yeah. wide grip. Yeah. Even the smallest change wide, reverse, narrow, really big yes. difference yes. in terms of finding, you're still doing a pull up, yes. right? But it's just like little small variations yes. and the types of load you're using. Like yes. everyone usually lifts just the straight weight and we're a big fan of like adding different types yes. of resistance, maybe putting bands on the bar to make it a little mm -hmm. harder as you lock out or band assistance even yes. to make it a little easier. We should talk about band in the next podcast because I want people to understand why bands are so amazing. And, and again, that's another one. It's like, you don't want to go crazy with it, but it is a valuable tool yes. to use, especially 100%. in terms of, of longevity. Um, yeah. Too much variance. Like, I don't understand the too much variance because it's like, yes, you're doing a lot of thing, but there is no plan and purpose and how are we like following and at the opposite not enough variance are we training the same muscle too much yeah and, and that's another piece so you know you say a high value repetition well what does that mean even beyond the movement that you're doing yeah and the, the weight that you're lifting yeah. is like, well, what's the time between the body parts that you're training? Yep. Are, you, are you giving yourself enough time between those body parts to heal and mm -hmm. model and grow thicker and allow the hormones to recover? Mm -hmm. um, or are you training it too frequently? Yeah. And there's really no opportunity for growth because it's constant breakdown yes. of the same muscle group, which by the way, also inhibits your ability to work intensely at it because your body's always in such always a in like state. 80, 70, 60% type of deal. So yep. yeah. And, and then, um, you know, to, to the, the flip side of that, there's the same thing with like not hitting it enough. Um, there are core movements that everyone needs to be doing consistently mm -hmm. and there are variations of them. So there's squatting variations, pressing variations, pulling variations. Uh, but like within those broad categories, there's infinite amounts of variation yes. you can put between them. Yes. Um, and and the was... thing about variation to keep in mind is that a dangerous movement is an untrained one. And like, that is like a good thing to keep in mind. People can do like insane feet of like athletic thing. Like look at the circus 
And the reason why they don't get injured is because they are trained in that pattern. And you can kind of do that with everything. We were listening to Dorian Yates, one of the greatest bodybuilders mm -hmm. of all time, talking about his leg day. Yes. And that's uh, something that in Thunderbird Muscle Anarchy, like we're kind of known yes. for having just brutal leg days. And yes. When someone comes in the program. For those who like to destroy your butt. Yep. Because we all want to build the, our butt. But you know, I got they, you girls. When they look at our program, they say like, oh, you only train legs once a week. And the truth oh, is, you yeah. don't want to train it more yeah. than that, right? It's going to take you. Yeah. Yes. four or five days to actually feel right again yep. because we hammer it with so much volume and so much intensity. That's how long it takes yes. to be able to recover. Yes. Otherwise, you're not going to be as intense in the session. And I think in terms of like anybody with injury, back injury, knee injury, hip injury, anything kind of lower body spine related, mm -hmm. this gives you enough time between sessions to actually go into your yes. next leg day feeling good. Yes. Now, in between there, we still touch those body parts, but it's not within the realm of strength training or mm -hmm. bodybuilding or hypertrophy, but it's more like conditioning. Yes. It's great to do some air squats or some wall Regenera balls. Regenerative. I can't say that word. Regenerative. Re yeah. yeah. And we'll do it like 48 hours later. Yeah. It's a great way to flush. And that actually accelerates the yes. healing. But And talking about recovery, mm -hmm. what a great segue to dive in our good friend, Mary J. Mary J. Marijuana. That's what we're talking about today in public. Mary J, <laughs> which I, I mean, I had no idea because when I was competing, that was on the banned substance. So I could, I, I could never do it. Well, I was taught to be like and afraid of marijuana. When you were same, growing up, was it like, it was very yes, taboo. Yes. It's like, you know, you're going to become a drug addict. I remember and, uh, like a police officer coming to our health class with a, 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 like a suitcase or a briefcase full of drugs. And I was like, are you not going to get that briefcase? But, <laughs> <laughs> but and everything in it, black tar heroin. But, um, but it was like, this is marijuana. It's a gateway drug and it's going to lead to all these other things. And, you know, for my parents, and this is stigma and propaganda, yes. but you know, what the media tells you about it is like, oh, well, you'll be a burnout. You'll lose your memory. You won't be worth anything. You'll just be this skeezy pothead. Which is funny because all of that is like not even effect of it. The effect of it are like. Oh, you don't want to try this because it's going to help you with your anxiety. It's going to help you sleep better. You're going to feel more relaxed, but don't do it. We watched a scene from yep. the uh, Walk Hard movie, which is like a spoof on Johnny Cash yep. with John C. Riley. That scene is There's a perfect. scene where he comes in and they're smoking marijuana in a closet and they say, get out of here, Dewey. You don't want any yeah. of this. It's marijuana. He goes, well, I don't want to get addicted. It's not addictive. It's not addictive. are <laughs> like, well, I don't want a hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. <laughs> well, it sounds kind of expensive. It's literally really the, the cheapest, cheapest drug there is. Um, I kind of want to try it now. But yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, I, I think they're, they're, especially my parents' generation when I was growing up, the dare, yes. dare to keep kids yes. off drugs program really yes. demonized this stuff. And like any, it's a powerful drug, like any powerful drug needs to be done responsibly. But we found that it does have a really fantastic application for health and wellness and even yes. performance. If you're someone who's willing to try or experiment mm -hmm. and they're all different places to start my yes. first experience with it outside of you know whatever smoking a joint in a parking lot and I thought it was so bad was um after back what? surgery was yes. the first time that I actually really started getting in, into it because um we lived in Colorado which yep. is a state where it's legalized and I had had I'm a previous say. surgery before back when I was playing baseball where I had my elbow reconstructed yep. and Tommy John Tommy John surgery so it's like a Frankenstein operation but anyways um, like 
any doctor that does an orthopedic surgery, they give you painkillers, yep. narcotics, yep. and they gave me Vicodin and I got hooked on the Vicodin as like a young 20 year old. And yeah. it was scary, super scary yeah. because, it, you know, I just felt like I just ended up taking more and more and then I couldn't sleep without you it. And it took some yeah. intervention of friends and family to like, take it away and, and hide it from me and say, you can't, you can't do mm -hmm. this. And you know, I think I was lucky in that regard, but I realized that I should never touch that again. Yes. Um, and then when we went through this back surgery, which was brutally painful. Just just for people at home, jeez, your, your back surgery. So Dave, I mean, I think that's not a, a surprising, but Dave is like, it is tough. <laughs> He's tough in the weirdest way. Yeah, very weird. I'm a weird kind of tough. <laughs> Like for little things, I'm a big baby, but if I get like a gunshot wound, I'm like, we'll deal with it later. <laughs> like, yeah. So they, yeah, we'll get a paper cut. Then he's like, okay, pretty much asking me to I'm like, completely uh, shut down, but you then know, to stuff, hug him I'm, to sleep. But then he, yeah, exactly. But it was so bad. I mean, the pain was, I've heard of this before. But I mean, the pain he was, so, it was so bad that you were you puking. Yeah. Yes. Um, but they was like puking nonstop. I had to help you get in the car. While we're leaving the hospital, it, and this speaks to how insane, our medical eh? system may have some major issues with regard <laughs> to this subject. Um, I told the doctors and the nurses, I don't want any painkillers. Yeah. Don't give me <laughs> any painkillers. In which they responded, here are four different types yes, of painkillers. Yes. Oxycontin, Vicodin, Dilaudid, Percocet. They let me do four yeah. different, I mean, it was like a fucking party. And I mean, I knew because you've told me you had an uh, issue with that. And the goal was to not have any in the house because I can't babysit you like They wouldn't let us leave non -stop. the hospital without it. They, exactly. They, and, and I was kind so of So I had to take it and literally hide it in the house. And then we would have like arguments sometimes because my job was to help you through this. So as soon as we got back and I was on the couch for like two weeks, unable yes. to stand up, unable yep. to go to the bathroom or anything, we started instead of doing the um, uh, painkillers every, I think it was every four or six yeah, we hours. Did the edible we did edible every like two to four hours yep. pretty much. It, it, I think it was like every four hours. I probably took it maybe three times a day, but, um, and it was only like five milligrams of THC and 20 milligrams. But of it was CBD. enough to get you through it. It was enough to yes. get me through it. And not only that, like I slept better. Yeah. I really like that. Um, unlike the painkillers, uh, I didn't get constipated. So like, that's a real thing with painkillers. Mm -hmm. so you get really badly constipated after the surgery, after the anesthesia, like yes. I didn't have, didn't suffer from any of that. Yeah. And I think in general, I was up and moving and more coherent and more active quicker. And it definitely contributed to me recovering from that yes. back surgery quicker. But after the pain phase was over, I was so like happy with my quality of sleep by mm -hmm. taking it later at night. Yeah. But I said, I'm just going to keep doing this because I'm getting yeah. like blackout sleep and waking up feeling yes, awesome. Yes, you did. And so uh, we live in Colorado. Like, why not? Yeah. Um, and it became a regular part of my nighttime routine, bedtime yeah. routine kind of sleep hygiene habit is like, okay, an hour mm -hmm. before bed, um, you know, you can take it. Now, there are different types of uh, derivatives of marijuana you can take. And I think the ones most people are familiar with are THC, which is the psychoactive part, the part that makes you feel high. Yeah, you and like, like, we're different on that because so I couldn't do anything forever. And then once I stopped competing and we decided um, to try to have a baby, it, it's kind of, I, it was like kind of a shift for me uh, when I stopped competing that it was like, 
well, it's time to take care of my my health because as you're competing, it was like shutting down the blinder to just like keep going straight. And I I knew things were starting to fall apart like within me, like physically, mentally, emotionally. Yes, yeah. all of, all of it. But it was like here's the goal, and let's just. It's like I don't want to know that stuff until I'm kind of past like the game. There's not going to be a police officer it's there not going to help to piss me test you uh, because you know you, you don't want to do anything nefarious or lie to people or be dishonest. And for a lot of the athletes we talk to about this, some of them have restrictions. Some of them are firefighters or law enforcement or the military. Oh, yeah. and they get drug tested and yeah. stuff. So maybe they can't do the THC. But see, like I was- I, wait, let me finish because I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about my health in general. Like okay. during the like as I was competing during the CrossFit game, like in my last two or three years, I could tell I was falling apart, yep. but I had those goals in mind and I, I didn't like nothing about the, the marijuana or whatever I'm talking about right now. I didn't want it to know like that it would help you know how bad my health was Oh, okay, because it would you. put doubt in my head when I was competing. Yeah, I got, I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. You don't want to look at it yet because you have no! to focus on winning. Yes, yeah. and I don't want it to start to slow me down because you're like, well, yes, I am falling apart, which is like you know in the back of your head. So what exactly does that have to do with marijuana? Well, so that's the thing. is like when I stop, it was like time for me to look at that stuff. And I, I never realized until I look about the amount of anxiety I had. I could not sleep at night. You see this on a flow chart where it's like the anxiety reading is very high in your blood work. Well, no, but like I started to research like what like symptoms, like panic attack and anxiety, like, and I'm like, oh, wow, (laughs) I had a lot of those. And I reach out to Elizabeth Yurt, which is my doctor. And you had really low dopamine. super low dopamine and that's the first thing she told me she was like try this Mm -hmm. and i remember the first night it was very uh spooky spooky i'm gonna try this this thing i gotta tell you the story uh... about camille getting high the first (laughs) time this is the new title of the podcast (laughs) so you know she knows i do it every night wait let me just finish it shut down my brain and it was amazing it was amazing it like helps my anxiety so much it's like unbelievable i'll, I'll return to the difference between thc and the cbd in a second in, in next podcast let's we'll talk, talk about, about that the, this my first experience. time this is a great one so, no that's not the first one so i started taking it i would take like something like two milligram of thc but i would take it before bed so i would fall asleep and i'm like i don't know if it's doing anything but i'm sleeping so well colorado has like so i decided best, to try marijuana like everything is done so professionally so i didn't tell dave because that's how i do things i don't tell anyone and i did five you did a five now five milligrams of thc yes which for most people that's like a, a strong enough dose to get them feeling a little high yes right for somebody who's like me like bigger dude more body weight it may take a little bit more it might take 10 20 but like yes like that that's actually for someone your size a fair amount and uh it was a gummy <laughs> yeah. and so i'm i'm like um watching tv downstairs oh. and I, I i hear camille kind of come down the stairs and i ask her a question and she doesn't answer me. And I go, oh, I guess Camille either didn't hear me. So I went to hide. Me. I went to hide in the room because I was like, oh, something's happening. She, she's doing something she knew that I would <laughs> like. She didn't want me to know about it. Right. So I came downstairs because obviously I was hungry. So, so you get the munchies. And you're so I got the munchies. Like a little mouse in the kitchen. Like, shh, 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 And in my head, they've asked me something. And then I don't know how much time went by. And I went back in the living room and I asked him. 
I just go, I'm so sorry. You asked me something. No, you, I... you, you responded to my question 10 minutes later <laughs> as if you, I had just asked you the question. <laughs> that's which why was sh- I was like, this is, this is like, a, is this a time lapse? Am I caught in a space yeah, time continuum? Because I asked her a question and there was like a 10 minute delayed response. That's how it felt. And then she just answered it. <laughs> like, like not even alluding to the fact that that's what she was answering. And so fast and forward, we go in bed. We go to bed. Cammy's mm. giggling and she goes, David, I took an edible. I go, it's okay. All right. It's fine. Good. You're feeling good. Yeah, I'm feeling good. And then she couldn't stop laughing. By giggling, you mean I was, I literally thought I was going to die laughing. She has laughing. a case of the giggles and it's like game over. You kept saying pickle matter. and it was like it was the, the word. funniest I kept thing on ever. saying the word pickle and every time I'd say pickle, she'd just lose it. And I'd be like, okay, you're, you're higher than I thought you were. <laughs> and then I, so no one told me this, but your mouth get dry when you get high. No, no, no. Don't even give me an excuse <laughs> yet because this is a great no, but no, We shut have... the lights off and she goes, David, I don't think I'm okay. <laughs> I, I, okay. what What's wrong? I think, I think my tongue, my tongue has fallen. You know, your your tongue's not swollen. She's like thinking she's has allergic I, I response I to marijuana, thinking. and then she goes, "My lips are swollen too." <laughs> she thought, she thought was everything so was closing mad. up. The I whole world so was closing. Your face you. is becoming like a mushy grape or something. I was so mad at you for not like. She thought she was bad that uh, I didn't rush her to the hospital. By the way, we heard phone calls of people calling police yeah, while they that, were high, that was almost claiming me. that they think they're dying. That was almost me. Was, so here's why: because your mouth get dry, which I had no idea before. I never thought about how much space your qualification. Wait, let me finish. Let me finish. I didn't never tell before about how much space your tongue takes in your mouth. And it's all of it. When your mouth is closed, your tongue takes all the space. And I was like, how am I going to breathe? You're not going to be able to breathe. Your tongue is too big. <laughs> and That's I'm it. Game over. This is a new story. I'm, I'm having, dead in the bed in the I'm morning. having an allergic reaction. <laughs> it's when I, I started just... to talk like this. Oh, oh, I think my tongue was swollen. <laughs> But whatever, we love it. Okay. It's a o- overall just a couple quick things, and we'll talk later about the differences between THC and CBD. Let's talk but, about it next time. Gym yeah. attire, do's and don'ts. Okay, so today we're at the gym. Yes, and we were. I'm with my wife. We're lucky to have a relationship where if I see something as a guy that you might observe and maybe not tell a girl, I trust my wife enough that I can be completely honest with her we have a, and feel like she's not going to judge me or anything. Our relationship is a, see something, say something. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm totally okay with being like, Hey, that chick's really hot. Or is that, are they, are they fake boobs? I like, most of the time tell you someone is hot. Exactly. And then she can appreciate a beautiful the woman, female form with having the confidence that Camille's my queen and I love her. In, in, you know, okay. So there's not a word to describe, but anyways, um, this girl, we're at the gym and this girl's like coming off this, uh, it was like a, a squat machine we were trying to get on yep. and she's wearing like a wife beater tank top. But as she walks by, um, I noticed that she's not wearing a bra. anything underneath. And so it, it's and like, the shirt was so thin. We literally could see the everything particular, through. this particular style of boob that she was sporting was very visible because of the geometry of it. It was not, it kind of defied gravity in some ways. Well, I, I, she, I think she was cold, so you can, which is fine. Nipples are nipple. Fair enough. I appreciate that. But I, so I just, I just kind of like noticed it. And actually the first person. So for 
this is so for funny. You, so this because, is a no for you. For Dave, it's a no. We shouldn't see your boobs through your shirt. I think depending on the environment, but in most public gym environments, I'd probably say like, save that for like a sexy night with people you're okay yeah. doing that around because in the gym like you get a lot of creepy guys in the gym and i hope yeah. i'm not one of them because like i try to notice it but not like look at it too yeah. much or make that person feel uncomfortable see for me i'm like such a i'm like i love seeing girls doing what the heck they want but on the flip side i understand like that part like some people are like really creepy yeah like, like which i would never wear that but i kind of wish i had the confidence noticing to. it once is normal looking back at it two or three times is starting to become yeah. creepy so yeah. you know but normally what i do is as i don't look back i just ask camille yeah. and i'm like hey is is this chick wearing a bra or vice versa like camel sees something and then ask me a question yeah. so the other side is like dudes at the gym that are wearing like tights or really short shorts and like or tight shorts or something where like you can see the outline of the penis yeah that's a is that is that how you feel about seeing girls boobs would be like me in, in that level of detail like without the bra in, yeah it would oh, be like sure. me that like made me very seeing, uncomfortable yeah because when i i it does make me uncomfortable to see like everything like guys wearing like white uh like spandex and then you see everything and they they look at you and for some well, reason they, the place for it. if it was at the strip club or something they always or, have their hands on their hips and kind of that arc back and you're like yeah yeah it's there it's, it's really it, it makes me uncomfortable because i feel like i'm trespassing is there, any universal, is there any universal barometer for you know when you're about to leave the house like is it okay or not like what's the barometer for that is there any kind of litmus test that you can do at home to know like is this too much i don't know because i mean you've seen my butt many times that's another... but oh here's what i said was too much it's too much if you post about it like and have like a, a, a motivational quote a, a motivation a biblical quote, quote under that for me that's my... too much because you can do whatever you want, well, let me ask you but don't pretend to be something that you're not. I think it's not as much about like other people being uncomfortable, although that's a factor, but like, will you be uncomfortable if other people are staring at you? So like, if yeah, you're that's the person I wish who goes I out could. and your butt cheek is hanging out yes. and then you, everyone at the gym is staring at you, is that something you want yeah. or is that something you're going to be uncomfortable yeah. by? Because so I could final see you- quote, do what you want as long as you're okay with it. <laughs> 